What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And today we're back with another Make It a Classic. Yeah. This time it is for the debut album of Cannabis, which is self-entitled Cannabis, released September 1998. I forget the exact date. I think it was September 2nd. And so I want to put out a disclaimer that... I actually don't know when we're going to release this episode. The reason why I say that is because originally we were going to try to record our quarterly episode for the spring, but we're not entirely ready for that. So we decided to go ahead and record another episode. And at the last minute, we decided to do, hey, let's make it a classic for this cannabis, mm-hmm. which is relevant. I, I say all that to say that um, this morning before this episode was the first time I listened to this album Dang, in really? 20 years. Oh, in 20 years. Okay. In 20 years. Yeah. So... That's where we're kind of coming from. I want to say, Yinka, you're kind of coming from the same place. Yeah, I hadn't listened to it since the days of nostalgia <laughs> of, of cannabis where, you know. So the question is, why did you select this album for us to try to make a classic? Because I was a fucking moron in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> this album is trash. <laughs> ah, nah, that's uh, tough. No, nah, but tough. Uh, yeah, I was a, a big fan of cannabis. Okay. Cannabis was somebody who I think didn't necessarily reach what we would consider his potential. Right. Um, he was at one point in time considered to be one of the perennial talents in, in hip hop. And so when we talk about candidates for Make It a Classic, a lot of times we talk about an album that should have been a lot better than it was. Right, of course. And I felt as though Cannabis's first project, everybody knows this album wasn't great, but it was supposed to be great. So it'd be a good Make It a Classic. Album. I'm going to disagree with you on one point. Okay. I actually think Cannabis did reach its potential. Wow. Yes. Why? Because I think that just because you didn't make a classic hip-hop album Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can't be considered a dope MC. And I think Mm -hmm. that the fact that Cannabis obtained the level of respect he did from a lyrical perspective Mm -hmm. on the freestyles, on the battle rap, whatever, the fact that he reached that and sustained that, Mm -hmm. the fact that even 20 years we're looking back and we're saying, yo, he was one of the the dopest to do it in that realm. I think that that was all the potential that he had. I don't don't think that he ever had the potential to make really, really good music, which so, is why this album isn't good, which is why we're talking about it. I'll say I disagree. Mm-hmm. When we when we went to do this, I also had thrown out, hey, maybe we should do the Slim Shady LP. Right, I figured it's going funny, in that direction. It's funny that we, you know, we, we talk about that because the comparison is actually a really good comparison to make. At the time, both of these MCs kind of came up as like really formidable MCs who came out of the battle freestyle type of thing. There's actually, you know, a legendary battle between the two of them. So one had a a great situation, the other had a poor situation. Mm -hmm. I've talked about how I think in some ways or in maybe many ways, Eminem overshot his potential, right? That's fair. He's he's known to be, and his career is bigger than what his talent was as a recording artist, in my opinion. That's fair. Um, and Cannabis here is somebody who had a, a very, very poor situation. But if Cannabis had been given the tools that Eminem had been given, he might be somebody who we remember more fondly in that type of light. Because when people talk about Cannabis, it's really a joke at this point in time. Yeah, of like, course. Cannabis is not looked back on fondly by all. Whoa, um, it, it depends. Look, if we're talking about the mainstream cl- crowd, obviously not. But if we're talking about people who appreciate a dope freestyle, a, a dope battle rap, no one disrespect a lot, cannabis a lot of like heads that. Disrespect cannabis, really. And, and I think one of the one of the sad things about it is kind of the cap. The end of the cannabis era is the the Notebook battle that is of lore. I don't know if you, I've so probably heard it and I forgot about it. Maybe at this point. five years ago, cannabis, Keith Murray, 
and Fredro Starr um, were three of the artists that said, we want to bring back the 90s era, like MCs. And so, you know, we see people getting money in battle rap with like smack DVDs. And, and you know, I think what was the what's the big one? URL mm-hmm. and all these big battle leagues. So there was a battle between Keith Murray and Fredro Starr. And then Cannabis had a battle against Disaster. Disaster is like, you know, one of these big ba- battle rappers, online battle rapper cats. And Cannabis just got destroyed in the first <laughs> round. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. I think he, he couldn't remember his rhymes. And then halfway through the second round, he says, all right, yo, yo, you won the battle, but I'm just trying to kick a flow. So then he gets somebody to bring a backpack over to him. He pulls out a notebook and he just starts flipping through the notebook and he's just rapping verse, trying to rap verses. Meanwhile, the crowd is booing so loud you can't even hear what he's saying. Yikes. I mean, it, it's one of the most embarrassing moments that's ever happened in battle rap. And so I think the way people remember cannabis is the notebook freestyle. Like that's like that's him. He's he's a he's an internet meme at this point. Mm, that's tough. Now, on the other end, you got an Eminem, same time frame, a similar style, remembered by many as the GOAT. People say he's so some people say he's the greatest greatest rapper of all time. They're incorrect, and, but and, they do and say this. And this is like a, th- that's where his trajectory went. So yeah. you know, like I said, similar skill set, kind of came from the similar similar background. The difference is is staggering. The difference between the two of them, though, when we talk about potential, I think is a personality trait, and mm. I think the one thing that cannabis is that Eminem is not mm. is stubborn. Yeah. And I think that cannabis, you can hear it on this album, oh, yeah. had very specific ideas about the type of image he wanted to portray, the oh, type yeah. of lyrics he wanted to put forth, and was very stubborn about that. Uh-huh. And I think that, obviously, what we're talking about here is a case of management. When we talk about mm-hmm. resources, you know, who's the right. team backing you? Right. Eminem had Dr. Dre, right? He yeah. had a mentor who was able to mold him into something that would be mm-hmm. commercially appealing, something that would be marketable. Yeah. I don't think that there's a manager or a producer or an A&R or whoever, mm-hmm. a hip hop icon mentor that would have been able to mold cannabis into being something that was marketable. Unless it was something like, you know, big, you know, who he says is the greatest rapper of all time. Unless it was something uh, like that. I don't know. I, like, I don't see that happening. I don't know. Like according to, you know, even Wyclef, he said that the dude idolized LL. But then, you know, I mean, he still ends up trying to get, get out of LL. And, you know, that that also, I think, didn't help uh, his career with LL being at the at the pinnacle of the peak rap label at the time. Def yeah. Jam is running things. LL is the guy. He might right. as well have been an executive in the back office with the amount of pull that he had at Def Jam because he was one of the found, founding you know artists. And so yeah, I mean, a series of bad mistakes. I definitely agree with you. Back to the conversation we had when we did the make it a classic for. I want to say it was The Firm, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I had mentioned that there was a version of Devil's Pie previously that I thought that Nas was on. It was actually a beat made for Cannabis. Oh, really? And so, yeah, Cannabis had come to DJ Premier and wanted a beat. And DJ Premier made him that beat. <laughs> and according to DJ Premier, the way he retells the story, he says, you know, he made it. And he said, Cannabis was like... Yo, you you just not understanding the the vibe that I'm trying to go for here, and so you know, Primo was like, okay, like I think this is dope, you know. And Cannabis was like, yeah, nah, you're not you're not getting me. So so Cannabis left, and DJ Premier packed up and was like, okay, well I guess you know. And then 
D'Angelo called him like that day and was like, hey, you know, I just want to come by and hear some beats. And he heard the beat and was like, oh, yeah, I got to get this. Obviously. So D'Angelo like said, knows just, way more about music than Cannabis. Yeah, Cannabis is obviously not a music guy. No, he's um, not. But we've talked about how Eminem may not necessarily be a music I don't think, guy either. So. I don't think he's a music guy yeah. in terms of the greats of music guys, right? But I think that he understands music way more than Eminem does. <laughs> You think uh, can- I'm sorry. I uh, think that he understands music way more than cannabis does. Yeah. I think some of that is learned. Sure. You know? And but he think, still understands it better than cannabis. And, and I think, no, no. But what I'm saying is we're talking about these two guys coming up and, and entering into systems. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is I don't know that in 1997 or 98 that Eminem understood music better than cannabis. I don't well, know that but I, I what would say that. Eminem had, which may have been zany and crazy and clownish, right? But what he had, though was Eminem had an underdog appeal, similar to Cardi B, in the sense that when you listen to the Cardi B, you can tell this is a woman who was, you know, going against the grain, fighting the odds. And Eminem was able to portray the idea of someone who got bullied when he was younger. And a lot of people couldn't understand that. So fine, maybe he doesn't necessarily understand the musical thing, but Mm -hmm. half of art is being able to get the audience to empathize with, with what you're trying to do. And Eminem was able to do that. Uh, agreed. But uh, but again, Eminem sat, he was humble. He yeah. sat next to Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. They cre- came up with his with his, the narrative of what Slim Shady was going to be and they put it they put it out. Yeah. Um I mean, look, they even so, cleaned up his image. They, you know, they shaped the hair cuz I think he grew yeah. up with like brown hair. Yeah, they bleached exactly. it blonde, bleached made him lose uh-huh. weight. He was a right. big dude when he was yeah, battling Royce to 5 but he was No, he but was, he was definitely yeah, he wasn't as slim as slim Yeah, shape. and then they they, they but, cut the weight so he could be a little have more sex appeal in this that all, and the other. All I'm saying is the entire story that was created there was created by a great team sure. that was willing to be team players and put something together. Cannabis obviously was not a team player. No, I don't think didn't so. have a great team. And so we got this, which is one of the most unfocused efforts I've ever heard <laughs> from anyone. Like it was so painful to try to sit through and listen to this album. And so let's talk about the album. I actually don't think it's as unfocused as you do. I think I actually <laughs> no. think it is focused. I think it's just focused in entirely the wrong Honestly, direction. If it's focused, this is even more trash than that's, I, than I think well. It that's is. what we're going to talk about. So all first right. of all, let's just yeah. go with you know start it off. Where were you yeah. when you heard this album? So where was I? I remember hearing uh, second round KO. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about all the he was, I think he was. They were starting to talk about like Four Horsemen or something. Like dude was. He was doing mad freestyles, you know, he he had the beef with LL, the whole nine. He was just the guy. And I remember, you know, really wanting to get a hold of this album because, you know, I had heard there was a, a cover of The Source that said like eight rappers that are taking over or mm-hmm. something like that. And it was Big Pun, Cannabis, Nori, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, Corrupt. And like somebody else, I don't even remember who who the other person was. I think there was like one other person, but cannabis was on the cover. And I remember, you know, like it's like, yo, he, he seems like he's really coming up. We got Pun, who we talked about, you know, earlier, you know, this year, is out, and he's on the cover. And so these are the guys that are like the MCs that I'm checking for. Right. And then you know he drops this album. I didn't hear it right when it came out. I just heard the couple singles. I may have heard the album itself maybe six months down the road. What about you? I remember when Second Round Knockout came out. It came out earlier that year, right? Yeah. It was definitely in 98. Mm-hmm. And I remember I think like not... June or something. It was like in the summer, if I remember correctly. I remember not knowing who Cannabis was, but I really mm-hmm. liked the song Second Round KO. Okay. You know, I liked the beat. I thought the 
verse was dope. Yeah. And uh, and you know, Cannabis was someone I was rooting for. And LL, I didn't really care about LL. Like yeah. I knew who he was from back in the day. You know, he had the Phenomenon joint, mm-hmm. which I think that was the one before three, two, one on it, correct? Which came out in nineteen ninety seven. That sounds right. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. also had Red Man and Method Man on it. Yeah. And Cannabis is on there. And that's what started this whole beef, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember rooting for Cannabis. And then this album comes out, and I want to say Koi actually encouraged me to buy it. Mm, it was someone... Yes. I thought Koi was like a good friend. Exactly, right? <laughs> but my thing is there were there were only a few people that I was really talking about hip-hop with in high school yeah. because like I've said in numerous times, uh-huh. the vast majority of my friends in high school did not care about the shit I was listening to, which was Wu-Tang, right? Like they right. would clown me. But the one of the few people I could talk to about it was Carlos, who I didn't know at the time when this album came out. Okay. And the other person was Koi. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it must have been Koi who put me on to this. And yeah, I remember like kind of liking a few songs here yeah, and there. Yeah. And there's just forgetting about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. And that was that was kind of it. And I was like, well, yeah. you know, cannabis is still dope. Didn't work out. I remember mm-hmm. what we did was we blamed Wyclef for this. Yep. Because yep. if cannabis did have a manager, Wyclef was yeah, that guy. Exactly. And we credit Wyclef with, with producing this album. I don't yeah. think he has that many joints on here. No, he's all over it. Uh he's got at least half. I've also seen other things listed where uh-huh. some of these songs that are credited to different people, like uh-huh. the like right now we're looking at the wiki. I've seen other yeah. sources that said that no, some other people produce some of these beats, uh-huh. right? Like Salam Remy who produced uh-huh. Get Retarded, which aspects that's of that song crazy. I actually kind of like. Like I like the hook and yeah. the little Marvin Gaye sample. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's it. about it. Yo, that's about and, it. and that's the the other wild thing, right? Like in general here, first of all, it looks like there's kind of a few too many cooks yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, but if it were me. Just looking at this this list of people, I would probably clear the the deck and put Salam Remy and Clark Kent at the helm. So the fact that Salam Remy has a beat that I don't think is very good uh, was a little, I guess, perplexing for me. Well, the other thing too is that according to Wiki, you know, Cannabis is credited as the co-producer for half the track, which uh, yeah. half the tracks, which which is actually crazy not even because, like that. It's like for every yeah. single song, he's yeah. credited as a co-producer. And I'm really wondering if he's really a co-producer or if he's just kind of was very hands-on. I um, think he's very hands-on. And that's funny because it's so trash, one. And two, because he later blamed Wyclef for right. having terrible production. So it's like, okay, what you were sitting there hands-on saying, this is the beat that I want. But then you're blaming the guy who is working with you to give you the sound you're looking for. We'll get into this a little bit more later, but the reason why I think it is actually a focused effort is because some of the concepts on here, these are only concepts that cannabis would have came up with. Yeah, very true. And that's why I think that, you know, to put these songs together the way he did is like, no, like, I can't think of any professional hip hop musicians who are actually respected in the game who would come up with music like this. So it had to be cannabis. Yeah. And um, again, right, like, Sometimes you need a Bill Belichick. Sometimes you need, uh, you know, a coach that's like, look, this shit is trash. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we had that here. Like, no, like so. there's no possible way that Dr. Dre would have allowed <laughs> him to create a song that's his journey from the perspective of a sperm <laughs> implanting in an egg. Like, who the fuck wants to hear that shit, dog? This let's is just, terrible. Let's just get into the critical reception real All quick. Right. We've already said that we All think right. the album is trash. What do you remember back then? So first, I'll, I'll say I'll say mine because I, I didn't. Uh-huh. When when I first heard this, like, I was like, okay, you know, the the beats aren't great, but like, there's some good rhymes on here. Mm-hmm. I was trying to defend the album um, yeah. for its redeemable qualities. I think there was kind of a 50-50 split, and not even a 50-50, it's more like a 70-30. My friends that were more fans of like mainstream, more mainstream music, 
were like, fuck this guy, we're team LL, his <laughs> album's trash, and he's trash. Yeah. And then there was like all of us like underground kids, quote unquote, I'm, I'm throwing air quotes out there, who were like, nah, cannabis is dope. You know, the beats weren't that good, but there's some there's some dope stuff here. You know, I remember playing How We Roll for people all the time. Like, I Why would, would you do that? The beat is fire, and he his rhymes are tight on there. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, I feel like everybody I knew had heard Second Round KO, but they hadn't really heard anything else on here. Okay. And I remember, like, putting my headphones on people and being like, yo, check out this song. You know, yeah, Cannabis is dope. So I think, you know, that was it, right? There was people who were liked really wordy freestyly MCs. I also, this is at the time frame when I'm listening to all the Wake Up Show freestyles. Okay. I have, like, all of them on disc, and... I love freestyle stuff. This is basically one long freestyle, so I tried to defend it. Some people try to defend it. Most people, though, were in LL's camp and were not fans. Mm-hmm. So what was your... Uh... I just remember that, you know, a few of us respected Cannabis, thought he was lyrically dope, but we didn't. We weren't really impressed with the album. Yeah. Um, and I know, like I said, Koi tried to put me on, or someone put me on. It may not have been him. Did Koi or whoever it was try to say, like, this is good, or were they just like, you should check them out? Like, I think it was something like, you should check them out. Some, one of my friends actually big up this album, and yeah. I don't want to put my man's name yeah. on blast. I've already done that, so maybe it wasn't him, but it was someone else, and I remember yeah. someone tried to put me up on this. Yeah. And I just remember not caring after a while yeah you know what i mean and Yo. and the funny thing is i remember when jack the or return of the ripper mm-hmm. came out i remember Over there was buzz back. behind that and then it died out and no one ever really heard of cannabis again until mm-hmm. he tried to do like the 2000 bc or whatever yeah 2000 bc wasn't as bad as this actually in my opinion it was, it was still bad but uh <laughs> but yeah so i mean you know I'm, I'm with you wholeheartedly i think we tried to we tried to redeem this and i think he did some other things around it that were more impressive Mm -hmm. but uh i guess you want to just kind of go track for track let's just do highlights and then lowlights okay highlights free from 106 and park gets a ghost written verse from cannabis that is one of the illest rap verses that i've ever heard a female spit and that's on patriots patriots yeah patriots is a highlight for me Okay. Agreed. Well, I think that the thing that always confused me about Patriots is like, what the fuck is this Navy SEAL shit? Was yeah, that actually the name silly. of your crew? Is that yeah, what you were trying to do? I think uh, the hook is whack. Yeah. What do you need, sir? Do you need anything else, sir? <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, but garbage. The, but then on his third album, he comes out with a song called Draft Me, and then he enlists in the, in yeah. the army and actually goes, oh, I, Cannabis is a perplexing individual. Yes, he is. All right. Second round KO, obviously, it's a highlight. It's got Mike Tyson on it. It's got to be a highlight. The hook on I Honor You, uh-huh. if it was just the hook, it would have been nice to listen to. Like okay. Just the lady and the guitar I was cool with. Then he started rapping about being a sperm, and I was like, this is trash. Um, How We Roll is a, is a highlight to me. And then, so we've got this track listing up that has How Come as a bonus track on some on some versions of this. Right. The album that I had did not have How Come on it. But, it um, mine didn't either. But I've told you many times about the Bulworth soundtrack, yeah. and How Come was actually one of my songs that I really like to listen to mm-hmm. on there. So How Come would be a bon- would be a, a highlight for me. Okay. What you got? So for me, it's less about songs and it's more about ideas or attempts okay. or principles, uh-huh. right? 
And the one thing that I do respect about this album that I spoke about it earlier was that this was clearly something that Cannabis wanted to do. Right. You know, when you have things like What's Going On, What's Going right. On is not a good song. Not at all. But What's Going On, he's basically saying, like, why are we bringing guns to the club? Right, like, what's right. all that about? Yeah. And it's just like, look, no one wants to hear this shit, right? Yeah. I, res- I respect what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You're trying to have a positive message here and that's a good thing. Yeah. But it's still a whack song. It's not hot and no right. one cares. Right. And maybe that's our <laughs> fault for no. not caring. But at the same time, I respect that you tried to do this. I respect... But, he, but it's not well executed. It's not well yeah, executed. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I'm saying. This, the songs aren't good. That's, right. not what I, that's not what the highlight is to me. Okay. For me, the I respect the attempt. actually tried to talk about something. Yeah, I respect it. It's yeah. like, okay, you're honoring your mom it's not a good song. No mm. one wants to hear about what happened when you, your mother and your father met uh, about how you're a sperm who had to fight the other X chromosomes in there and how you're a fetus who can't, doesn't have arms and legs to help protect your mom. You can't hold her. No one wants to hear that you, shit. You know, you know what's even more embarrassing about this? That they shot a music video. Did they? And the music video actually shows a sperm traveling. But here's what I'm saying. Look, <laughs> it's not good. But you had an idea and you tried to execute it. And I respect you for that. But I'll say on the other side, this is a situation where certain things should hit the cutting room floor and never be heard by people, <laughs> yes, right? Like, who's your mans that recorded that song and was like, <laughs> yo, this was a really interesting story about how, you know, you, your parents met and you were a sperm. Like, nobody would ever say that. Right. So he just, yeah, not a very coachable guy, I'm thinking. I also respect uh, Niganometry. I respect Channel Zero, and I respect How Come. I enjoy the se- mm. the the song Second Round KO. Mm. Um, we could talk a little bit more about that, but I think that yeah, though the, the highlights that I mentioned, those are those are my highlights. So if okay. we're gonna talk about you, you know, like I said, the idea that he tried to, he's like, no, I have an idea about what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to execute it. Even though he failed, he tried. Like, mm-hmm. he very much had his ideas, his vision. He tried to execute that, failed, but I respect you for trying. Yeah. Conceptually, though, in terms of the songs that I thought were the highlights for me, it would have been Niganometry. It would have been Channel Zero. And even though How Come is not really on the album, mm. How Come is actually a really good piece of music. Yeah. So those are my highlights. Let's get into Lowlights. Yeah, Lowlights, man. Okay, Cannabis as a co-producer is a low light. Yes. Even Jerry Wonder, Wyclef as executive producers are low light. Yes. The whole concept is is a low light. Yes. Um, like, you know, you start with the sound of a cable modem, like like a dial-up modem connecting to the internet. The world's best like... rapper turned hacker. <laughs> no. Yo, it's um, 15 seconds. Yo, that's the feds, yo. That, that was bad. Um... Get retarded should have been better. It should have been re- like it should have yeah, been better. It should have been better. So I, I, it has to be a low light for me. Niganometry. Okay. Because why? I like I said. I yeah, I appreciate the concept. I honor you as a low light for yes. reasons we've discussed. Hypnitis is a low light because the production's actually dope. Mm-hmm. If you gave that same beat to Lupe Fiasco. That would have been a, a record like that, that. like on Food and Liquor. People would have been like, yo, that's a dope record. First, the hook is terrible. The concept <laughs> is terrible. It's a terrible song that could have been good. 
Channel Zero is actually a, a low light for me. No, I feel you. Yeah, it's, it's not, just like, it's why, not what a good are you song. talking about? Like, it's not a good song. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I said I like the principle behind it. Doesn't mean yeah. he executed it well. Let's Ride is trash. Mm -hmm. Rip Rock, I don't oh, I, What are you doing? Like, Rip, Rip Rock is terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, like. He even says, he says, like, he's dissing DJs for not having faith in them. And he's like, I'll sacrifice my life for this. I die for this. For Rip Rock? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? What are you listening to? I want to know what he listened to growing up that he thought that anything he was doing was something that people wanted to hear. That is a great question. That is a great question. But I will say, though, I listened to the guitar part, and I was like, why Clef probably played this shit? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are my lowlights. What are yours? Did uh, I miss anything? <laughs> I don't think you missed anything, except for what's going on. You didn't specifically mention what's going on as a lowlight. I wouldn't say it is, because just like you said, I liked that he was trying to like okay. talk about something. Right. Um, it, it's not a lowlight for me. It's just not good. I didn't like Patriots at all. I thought really? that shit was garbage. Yeah, the hook, the hook but the, is whack. The bars, the bars are dope, right? Whatever. Most of the, a lot of bars on here are dope. Free was though, like a specimen with extraterrestrial estrogen. <laughs> kick your intestines in and tell your testicles to Mexicans. <laughs> it's like, oh! It's like my 12-year-old my self. Oh! Did you mention, so, uh, did you mention Bucking, Buckingham Palace as being a lowlight? Uh-uh. Okay. I, look, the whole thing is a lowlight. <laughs> it's really that simple to me. No, this is awesome. Uh, this is this is hilarious that we're doing an album that's this bad that we can just trash the whole thing. It's but are we going to be able to make it a classic? We gotta I actually, try. I actually man. think I can. Okay. Yeah, I think so, I can. Go ahead. But it requires me scrapping pretty much everything on here. Right. Okay. Let me just say real quickly before we get too in depth into what I think this album should have been. Right. Right. I think that everyone knows Cannabis is the battle MC, right. and the funny thing is, is at the time. I thought that he won the battle between LL, not the war. Obviously, everyone mm. knew LL won the war. But in terms of the individual mm. tracks, I thought that Cannabis had the better better lyrics, right? right? And the better song. Likewise. The funny thing is this, though, right? Like, Cannabis is not a good musician, doesn't understand music. Right. But the, between the two songs, musically, Second Round KO is a superior track to Return of the Ripper. But here's the thing. The lyrics on Ripper Return of the Ripper... Back. Are, they're better than the ones that Cannabis has. Like, Cannabis, for someone who's known as being a battle MC, he doesn't really have that much on here that's all that hard. Mm. And, you know, can, uh, LL Cool J, you can look in terms of the battle rappers and say that, look, maybe he was dope in the 80s, but he's not good in the 90s. But he has far more personal riffs on here that it's like, it's true. Mm. You know, rolling around with the Bob Miley imposters, he's cracking jokes at the fact that cannabis is a twig he's saying 99 percent of your fans don't, don't exist. exist it's like it's that true was, that was a hard you know what i mean and he's got one. other bars on here yeah. that it's just like yo yeah i'm sorry <laughs> you you actually you didn't just lose the war like you lost the lyrical battle and that's mm. bad yeah that's bad like because i think we were talking last week when, whenever we did the dmx mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about the D the DMX freestyle with Cannabis and Nori, mm -hmm. and I thought Cannabis was ripping that shit. And I was yeah. talking with Imhotep the other day about it. He's like, yo, after that not Hot 97 freestyle, mm -hmm. he was telling me that they were ready to crown Cannabis in New York. Yeah. Not as the yeah. GOAT, but like as the reigning, like, current like, I mean, champ. Because, I mean, dudes didn't want to get on songs with them. Nobody wanted, like, nobody wanted it with Cannabis. And, you know, I can't go line for line all the dope shit that he says, but, like, I was yeah. listening to that shit this morning. It's like, yo, oh, Cannabis God. is killing it. I'm one of the nerds of that era that I can rap, like, full freestyle, sure. Cannabis freestyle. So, you know, I mean, he definitely was somebody who was super impressive. And I, I, I don't want to 
overlooked that when we're talking about how bad this album is. But the thing is, though, I don't think that's what this album should have been. I think that you mm-hmm. keep second round KO mm-hmm. on here, right? Just because it was the hit, it was a song that everybody knew. And yeah. my, you know, the way I put albums together, oftentimes you'll hear me say, "Look, this." song doesn't belong on this album but whatever we'll keep it on here because Mm -hmm. it needs something we need something recognizable right but everything else we're pretty much scrapping Mm -hmm. but this is how i would make this album a classic right okay i think for the type of person that cannabis was for the type of mc he was Mm -hmm. the best material he had was that conspiracy theory shit right even though i don't necessarily buy into some of the conspiracy theory stuff Mm -hmm. if you can have dope lyrics and a compelling idea we'll listen to it right even if we think you might be out there and might be crazy mm-hmm. you come with some hard shit some dope lyrics and you got some crazy ideas that make me think hey you know you know there's some illuminati shit and right. you know they're they're fucking with our dna and our genetics and all this other stuff yep. i'll listen and i think that he's got some songs on here to convey that and i mentioned that in the highlights Niganometry, not a very good song but conceptually it's not bad like the questions that he's asking he's he's talking about how you know musicians get into the game and and like oh you're not getting an advance we're going to get you a car but oh the label has the ability to take the car to repossess the car like like those types of ideas that's what should have been the real focus so we're talking about niganometry we're talking about channel zero and we're talking about how come which is actually a really good song Mm -hmm. there's a video for it that should have been the real highlight of the album and i think Mm -hmm. that if you went along that route obviously got some better producers in there Mm -hmm. and you decided to say hey look it's not necessarily going to be a battle rap album Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about you know like some of the stuff the raz kaz was talking about Mm -hmm. some of the stuff the nas was talking about little things like that you know if you start going with that route and you made an album like that i think it's something that we would have listened to and we would have talked about cannabis in an entirely different light now how i'm actually going to go track for track to do that you know i I don't necessarily know but that's the theming of the album that i think we needed and that's what i would have gone with so you know look it's, it's hard to really go track for track and and talk about the details and the hooks that I would have had. I can't give you that. But I think that, you know, that messaging of talk about some conspiracy theory shit, talk about how there's whatever. Go along that route. I think that's what he should have done. That should have been the focus. Right. Mine are also more theoretical like yours. Okay. Um, I agree with you that this album is trash and I would probably scrap almost all of it. I would keep second round KO and how we roll. Fair. How come I didn't know it was on here, right. but if it, if it is on here, I would keep that as well. My idea is I take cannabis out of this situation because I don't think it's a good situation for him. Yes. I have two different scenarios. This is kind of a choose your own adventure. Oh, okay. Um, I like this. Scenario one, when cannabis first came out, cannabis came out as kind of a distant relative member of the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. His first feature was on Beasts from the East by the Lost Boys. I would have his debut album be The Lost Boys Presents Cannabis. Mm -hmm. It would be a Lost Boys album with cannabis on it. So cannabis is on every song, but the thematics and everything is spearheaded by Cheeks and all them. It's It's like a Lost Boys album that just has more cannabis on it. Mm -hmm. That would be number one. Number two, this is what, six months or so prior to Eminem's debut album. I put cannabis in Eminem's shoes. I let Dr. Dre get a hold of him, create an idea as to how they're going to package him 
which it's interesting. I think he was a he was a computer science major. So and you can hear it in his lyrics, right? Like he talks about microfiche and all kinds of shit yeah. like that that like that no one cares about. Cares about. Yeah. I'm a computer science um, major and I don't give a fuck about this shit. Right? So it's like I would need somebody who has the thematics and dramatics enough to like create a compelling story that people actually care about. Mm-hmm. And I think that Dre could have been a machine that if the album ever came out, he could give him some better sounds and stuff like that to try to make a more complete album. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was that, like, I would do it the way Loud used to do with their samplers. I okay. showed you the um, the the one that, the Inspected Deck one that had, like, all of the Inspected Deck verses. Right. I would do that for Cannabis to promote this album. Very good So call. prior Very to the album, call. I would compile. I, I have some of the joints I jotted. Some Just so long as you got the, the making a name for ourselves. That's, all. That's the only one I really, really, really care about. That's got to be on there. So I, I was going to go freestyles first, but I'll go songs. Go ahead, go ahead, I'll go, go songs as well. Making a name for ourselves. Desperados with the firm, mm-hmm. how come? Um, I actually had, and then Fantastic Four, the okay. one that was, was with all of them. With Nori Pun and oh, Cam. Yes, Cam. Yeah, and then I would have the freestyles. You mentioned the DMX one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have the Lost Boys freestyle, the Lost Boys, the beast from the east up in his piece with a new release for the streets every 52 weeks. Fire. I'd have uh, the '97 mentality freestyle, which we talked about. I have uh, the ice cream freestyle, the doo-wop freestyle over broken language. I would package those up. I would put them out prior to the album and just have have them running. Oh, the the Funkmaster Flex one mm-hmm. over ice cream. Right. Um, yeah, so I would have that Which as he's actually song. some of those lyrics I think appear on this record yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And he does that a lot. Yeah. Like he'll take like certain lines and then he'll repurpose them as like songs and stuff right. like that. Um, he did that on 2000 BC as well. But um yeah, so I mean th- those are my two my two albums. It's either the Dr. Dre route which is a little bit lazier or the Lost Boys route which I think would actually create something that might be a little bit more organic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to Lost Boys albums, they have records like Renee, but a lot of them are just, yo, we just chilling in the ab, smoking weed together. And that is like a perfect framing for cannabis to come in and do his thing because it's not too, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of when cannabis tries to go down the rabbit hole of concepts. He's not a very good yeah. storyteller. He's kind of wordy and like, it just goes too far a lot. Nah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the loud promo the, the loud samplers because I think that that's probably the label he should have gone towards and mm. not Universal. Yeah, I think that loud at the time we've mentioned this before, but they had some hard MCs. I mean, mm-hmm. like you had Def Jam doing everything that Def Jam was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, other labels had other artists, but like loud, like that's where he kind of belonged. I think yeah. he belonged in there with Big Pun, yeah. Inspector Deck, Mob Deep. Even though he wasn't on that gangster shit, like it was yeah. just, it felt more like his energy. You know, yeah. that raw hardcore hip hop energy. That's where he needed. And to maybe be. he could have got more features. Yeah, because that's the other more thing. Than that's what he's good at. There's no good features on here. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think. Except why? Fair. But you know what I mean? Like, there's no feature from any major uh, yeah. like, artist. Like, you're on Common's album. Can't get Common back on your album. Yeah. Like, it's tough. And I think one of the other things that should have done is, like, look, we all want to hear some cannabis freestyle battle rap shit that's about nothing except right. just what he's going to do to you, right? Right, right? I think that there's a way to get that into the album by having like kind of skits at the end of tracks where mm. it's just like some random beat and he's just going in. It's yeah, not necessarily designed yeah. to be part of the song, but we still get the lyrics that we want. Right. Things like that are things that we should have done. So instead of having an entire song yeah. where he's just going in about nothing right. and just rapping, you have little snippets here and there where it's just like, 
you know, a hot 16. And then instead of having three 16s, you could just condense some of your doper lines mm -hmm. into this little thing. And so instead of us talking about an entire song, we're like, yo, that skit at the end of mm -hmm. Channel Zero, like, yo, cannabis yeah. is fire. You know, yeah. we're talking about it in a completely different light. And that's part of the reason why I think the Lost Boys idea would really work because mm -hmm. you would get, you know, they could conceptualize what the song was about and then create the context to which cannabis puts his bars about nothing right the one other thing i wanted to highlight was with the idea about the dr dre thing i honor you again i think the production around the hook and the hook itself uh the jenny vegeta yeah. hook if you gave that to dr dre it would be a dido on stan you know right, it would be right, right, it would right. be a record that would be so much more powerful and dr dre wouldn't let him rap about being a sperm <laughs> so <laughs> or about you know. being a fetus <laughs> like what a, I uh, just, oh man. But here's the thing. Like I said, it's not a good concept, yeah. right? But it is a concept. Yeah. And it's a lot more than other folks have. And I appreciate and respect the original idea, even if it's a bad one. Yeah. You know, even if it's a bad one. Look, I've had bad ideas that I've tried to execute. Yeah. Whatever, dude. You tried. But, you know, <laughs> like, that's the thing about music being such a collaborative process. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to have people that are able to say, all right, you tried this, but nah. Like, let's yeah. not socialize this. Uh, one of the things we used to joke about when we were kids in high school, because we were immature, and I still think it's funny, so I'm going to say it now, is, um, so there's a line on Second Round KO where Cannabis says, you don't have the strength to eat a nigga's ass like me. Yeah, right? see, I wasn't going to... Bring that um, up. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, we were kids. We thought it was hilarious. But we were all just like, as kids, like, who was the recording engineer that like yeah. recorded that bar and was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Good. Do it. Do you do your doubles. Put some ad libs on that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who whose man's is this? Like, somebody should have said like, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. Maybe change that. And I don't think cannabis had a lot of that. Like, it no, just sounds he like he he put his ideas out here. And this is what we got. When we talk about these teams, sure, you can have a person come up, you know, in the booth, come up with your own concept, your idea, put everything out there. But maybe you're right. Maybe I didn't give maybe I didn't give the poor situation enough credit at the beginning of the episode. Mm. You know, I said the cannabis is too stubborn. Maybe had he had someone in there like a Dr. Dre or whoever, you know, you know a team like what Eminem had mm -hmm. to put together some of these concepts maybe we would have had better ideas yeah I don't know I mean there is a lot that comes into producing art and commercial products out here yeah you know uh, Dr. Dre just to piggyback on what you're saying Dr. Dre is somebody who's known like he'll send you back to the booth eight times for one word like mm -hmm. he'll be like nah say it like this yeah. say it like this this album doesn't sound like no. he's got sent back at all. Like at, at nothing hit the cutting room floor. It was just we made fourteen tracks or whatever, thirteen tracks, and we just put it out. And it, it doesn't sound like you know they had like a, an iterative process, which is what it seems like most of the more classic albums that we're talking about have. It's weird too because thinking about that, right? Like I know that people like you and I and other music nerds and. You know, we're nerdy about different genres, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I know that we get into like how things kind of come together mm -hmm. and all the different cooks in the kitchen that are responsible for, you know, pushing out the meal and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I think that oftentimes like the majority of the listeners don't really think about these kinds of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we give credit to, you know, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, whoever else, like right. all these folks are just being like creative artists. It's like, no, there's a lot of people yeah. behind the scenes. And yeah. I think that when you look at this album and you see just 
how ineffectual it was behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, it's just a good example of things going in the, the wrong direction. Yeah. God, this album is fucking trash. I'm trying it's to bad. think yeah. of more things to say about it, and yeah. it's just not good. I mean, nah, what I'll say is for folks that are listening to this, please, like, listen to this album. <laughs> just because, like, you just have to understand, like, the types of sacrifices that we're willing to make for the sake of journalism. Because... <laughs> Because we, we really did sit and li- through and listen to this. and um, but, but here's the thing. So did Entertainment <laughs> Weekly, who gave it a B. MV Remix, 7 out of 10. Yo, who are these Rap people? Review, uh, Robert Christgau gave it an A. Yeah. What the fuck is that? This shit is I, not an A. I don't know who Robert Christgau is, but I probably don't know who Robert Christgau is because he gave this album an A. <laughs> <laughs> if he was oh, better man. at his job, we might I know I wonder what the is. source gave this album. <laughs> Oh, man. I bet I they know. gave it like three mics. I think they gave it like three and a half. It deserves one and a half. <laughs> it really does. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, Cannabis was dope. I encourage folks to go check out some of his freestyles. I mentioned some of them earlier in the um, in the, the podcast, but I would say 97 Mentality Freestyle and the Lost Boys Freestyle are probably mm. two of his most famous freestyles that you should check out. Um, he had a lot of great features. This album was not good. So hopefully we gave you guys some ideas as to how you <laughs> could have made this a classic. And it would be a heavy lift, but oh, we tried. Man. You mentioned freestyles. Even if you go back to listen to the Hot 97 Freestyle, which I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, at the end of it, DMX is like bigging up cannabis. He's like, yeah. like you can hear DMX big up cannabis and people are kind of talking over it. And then yeah. when he gets... You know, clear airtime. He's like, nah, man, like cannabis handled down, like he did his thing. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. just go back and listen to cannabis freestyles. That's really all you need to do. Yeah, it's funny, man. I think the freestyle world is in many ways analogous to street ball, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you have these guys that can like jump out of the gym, mm-hmm. you know, in street ball, and then like, but the talent doesn't necessarily convey or it doesn't translate well to organized basketball right um and so a lot of these guys that came out of this era that we were all just like oh my god about you know when when it came to their time for them to be recording artists they were maybe less impressive i'm not gonna mention fabulous by name fabulous <laughs> brian um you know wow shout last name too that's tough <laughs> but nah you can cut it out if you want but uh but yeah you know i think fabulous is another good example of a guy who really wowed us on freestyle he's got better music um, than cannabis he definitely though. has better music than cannabis but he's somebody who he's benefited from a lot of situations his mm-hmm. situation was much better than this guy's he yeah. went straight to def jam yep. and had nate dog on his first song yep um so he's been able to step into cookie cutter situations that have given him success but i don't think we've seen much growth from him as an artist in terms of like putting out music that we can really connect with right so do you see any way now there could be any kind of comeback for cannabis Here's the question, right? Mm-hmm. What would we needed to have done in his career for a cannabis to for it not to go the direction that it went? You know, was it really just a matter of you know him working with the the wrong team, being on the wrong label? Because I mm-hmm. remember hearing about some beef between him and Eminem, and look, you know, it's, it's Eminem. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Eminem has any reason to lie, but he was talking about how you know. <clears throat> Uh, cannabis accused him of writing the the verse for LL Cool J's uh, uh, battle, and then 
Cannabis came on the bus to apologize to Eminem because he wanted yeah. him to work on a song, and Eminem was like, it's not very good, this, that, and the other. And yeah. to me, it just kind of, if any of what Eminem is saying is true, it's just kind of reinforces the idea that cannabis was someone who was very stuck in his ways very stubborn years had a difficult time taking direction years later um same situation um j cole had a, a freestyle or a song where he said something about how you know he he wished he wanted to be as dope as as the old cannabis and then cannabis put out a diss song about him talking about what does he mean the old cannabis cannabis is still hot you know, the whole nine. So, yeah, he seems like a guy who just, you know, really was easy to fly off the handle, wasn't very coachable. But, you know, I will say he was an elite talent. Sure. And, um, yeah, that's and for sure. I no, like, I don't think anyone could take that away yeah, from Yeah, and I feel like, you know, in the right situation, I don't know what that situation is, but in the right situation, I think he could have had a better career. I feel you. Yeah. What I will say is that, you know, whenever we talk about a particular artist or an album, I always try to end the podcast with a song from that album. I'm not going to do it this time, though, because there's just nothing I... Even second round KO, I, I don't really care about How we it. roll, man. We got to ride out to how we roll. I was just going to ride out to some of his better verses <laughs> on freestyles. That's, that's doable, too. I, I think we, we ride out to the uh, the Lost Boys freestyle. All right, we can do that. Yeah, that way y'all can hear it. Against the motherfucking wall with these raw lyrics, I catapult. None of y'all got the balls big enough to battle. I go on and on like Erica Badu. A hundred times nicer than the best is. Twice as arrogant as KRS is. Who wanna test this? Fuck y'all, you don't impress me and no one can test me. The MC's so ill, I got ain't scared to catch me. All that shit you poppin' don't stop when I put you in a headlock and apply pressure till I crush your motherfucking noggin. I grab mics and push niggas to the left so fast they hearts end up on the right sides of the chest. My hypothesis is that nobody can see this lyrical genius. I got it sold like a seamstress. But if you want to battle, I'm down. If you got nine lives, I take eight of them off your hands right now. Step up and get your neck cut from ear to ear. If you survive, then you can cover your skull with a beard. I'm the illest from Queens to the New Jerusalem Britics. Anyone who ain't feeling my shit, it can suck my dick. You need to quit it if you ain't spitting. More than 50 bars per minute, because you ain't in lyrical fitness. Kicking ball and rash with metaphors. This whack all your motherfuckers need nor the track to get your weight up fucking with cannabis to get ate up beat down and sprayed up just for bringing my name up the rocking longer than niggas twice my age back in the days before bob marley was rocking the fade before honest age signed the paper that freed slaves before neanderthals was drawing on walls and caves i existed in the garden of eden getting lifted sticking dick to eve before she was adam's mistress before christ created christmas i've been in lyrical fitness the cannabis is spitting till he's spitless 50 balls Total sickness, you won't forget this. I'm putting every whack and see alive on my shit list. Verbally vicious, telekinetically gifted. Took you a minute to exhibit that I'm sick with it. Now you tell me who you think is damaging shit. Going once, going twice, sold to that nigga named Cannabis. Me and Mr. Chief's A plus a phone doctor hopping out the Huey helicopter to sue chop ya. Group home and death squad. 9-7, nigga.